the latest on the world game on Sport 24-7. This is 442 Insider. Hello and welcome to 442 Insider. I'm Colin Turner, delighted to invite you inside one of the great football magazines in the world, 442. This is where the people who put all those words and stories together have a voice to bring you inside those stories. I'm delighted to welcome the publishing director, Andy Jackson, the editor-in-chief, Paul Hansford, and the deputy editor, Trevor Shahane. What a week in football, but before discussing all that action on the park, let's ask you, Andy Jackson, about your thoughts on the 20th anniversary of the Hillsborough disaster. Yeah, I think obviously it, it's been a sort of backdrop to all of the football that has, that has really taken place over the last sort of week, and we saw the scenes overnight from the uh, from the uh, the tribute in uh, and the service that the memorial service that happened yesterday in Liverpool. I think as a, as a football fan, I think any football fan in England who grew up in watching football in the 80s, I think Hillsborough. Um, really sort of transposed you know, it wasn't just about Liverpool fans I think mm. every football fan that had been and watched football at, and stood on terraces like the Leppins Lane end also remember places like QPR the away end at QPR mm. um, Everton the old Everton Everton away end everyone knows that feeling of being crushed you know not yep. necessarily being in control of where you were going and that was the ultimate sort of uh, the end to that and I think you know it really signalled um, the end of football as we knew it, really. Um, you know, the, the, the introduction of all-seater stadia, the Premier League that followed very quickly after that. Um, so I think it, it's obviously significant in a number of ways. One, the fact that, that most football fans knew that feeling and so mm. therefore that they could, they could really relate to that. But also it did signal the start of, and the change of football. Some would say for the worse. Sure. Um, some would say that Hillsborough was, you know, was the day that football mm. ended up being taken away from the sort of man in the street and uh, they were priced out of things with all-seater stadiums. But I think the backdrop to that is that, you know, if another football fan... You know, doesn't lose their life at a game, then all seater stadiums are, are, are worth that, to be honest. Exactly. Do you remember the time when there was barbed wire around the grounds? Yeah, absolutely. And, and the other thing that I was thinking about, I can remember um, looking at some of the photos this week of that day. I, I can remember being 10 and 11 myself mm. going to the villa, standing on the halt end, and all the young kids would go to the front. Yeah, you know, right. all the kids would be pushed to the front, and, mm-hmm. and there, there were the, the barriers were there, the fences were there, and and you could see how it happened, you know. And so I think I think every football fan this week um, has spent a bit of time thinking about that. Yeah, and of course you at four four two would uh, sympathise with all those people and send uh, condolences to them on this the twentieth anniversary. Absolutely. Yep. Okay, well, let's turn to the editor in chief, Paul Hansford, because uh, Paul, there's a lot of topics uh, this week for us to talk about. I don't know how we're going to fit it all in. Yeah, um, some news uh, on our website this week. Some good stories. Uh, first of all, uh, the the war of words and the rivalry between North Queensland Fury and Gold Coast United is obviously kicking off. Don Don Matheson, the supremo at the Fury, has uh, uh, given some salvos to Clive Palmer, his contemporary at, uh, at Gold Coast. Uh, Tim Cahill's come out saying that he feels that he can play till uh, 2014 <laughs> and uh, he reckons he might even be able to play till he's 40, which is a good sign for all Socceroo fans. Uh, Michael Zulo has said that mm-hmm. he's um, going to stay with the Brisbane Roar, as they will be soon to be called, uh, for another se- uh, season and turn his back on a, a Dutch side um, NEC unpronounceable. And um, there's also a story about Brazilian legends, and I'll say legends in inverted commas or with quite 
quote marks around them. Uh, Roque Jr. and Danielson are said right. to be circling the A-League. But uh, all, all of you guys, would ha we'd have to start talking about European football and the achievements of British Premier League clubs over the other Europeans. We've now got one Spanish team left and three uh, teams from Britain. Magnificent okay. boost for uh, Premier League football. Yeah, I think it is. I think it's the second consecutive year. And, um, I'm sure that uh, Mr. Blatter and Mr. Platini aren't too happy as they went to bed last night, knowing that three out of the four were English again. And they don't seem to be able to do much about it, even drawing English teams against each other, the other two go and win. So I think, you know, odds on a, odds on a Man United-Chelsea replay, I think, have just shortened massively. Um, but, you know, you've got to say that Barcelona are, are probably the, the, the form side. Um, and certainly, you know, Chelsea will do well to get through that time. Yeah, I think you said that, uh, Paul, the last day we talked that um, you thought Barcelona would be very difficult to beat. Yeah, I think also when you look at uh, the, the next game coming up, uh, Messi playing on the right wing and uh, Ashley Cole's been suspended. He picked up a yellow card in the, in mm -hmm. the game. And, uh, yeah, without a recognised left back uh, for Chelsea in the first leg, I think uh, Messi could run right in that game. What about the, other, the second game, uh, Trevor? Uh, Manchester United Arsenal um, do you see it as a boring game they're both nullifying each other Sir Alec and, and uh, Arsenal uh, yeah that's possible I, th I think Arsenal have really already come back in recent weeks and I think the main thing is they've got a few players back I mean Walcott Fabregas and Adebayo I mean that's like Menu having Carrick Ronaldo and Rooney back um, Arsh having domestically doing well for them and they've got Eduardo coming back in so I don't think it's a, a foregone conclusion that Manu will go through there but I can't guarantee how good the games will be what did the I three think Arsh having complied what do you think of the game being, being staged in Rome is that good for British football or is it bad for British football because we've had a lot of trouble in, in Rome before yeah there has there has been but I, and it's generally obviously when it's been involved in an Italian side, which which isn't going to happen this time. So you you would hope that they'll they'll stay away. But I think um, I think as is the case, that there's always the idiot sort of fringe, on the fringes exactly, that, that yeah. will make trouble. But I don't really think that's any different to walking into a, any pub on a Saturday night. There's always a, there's always, there's always <laughs> some idiot in there. It just happens that a few of them congregate at the football. So no, I think I think it's part of, it's part of the uh, you know the mystique of, of playing in Europe is that the final is in you know neutral territory and I think I know there was talk about moving the, the last final back to, to England mm. away from Moscow and I think it was right that it wasn't you know it ended up being right. a great spectacle Alright is it fair to ask the three of you sitting here in the offices of 442 who you predict will win European Come on, Paul. Don't be shying away. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Barcelona. I think their domestic form. They've just been on fire. And uh, you look down that team list. Uh, you know, from one to eleven, they look really, really strong. And I think the the English teams um, will have a problem playing against them. I think uh, um, the New Camp game in the semi is is the second leg. So I think that there'll be. I think Barcelona will be a tough team to beat. And I think that they'll. I think they'll win it this year. Trevor yeah. is nodding his head. You I'd, go along I'd, with that. I'd agree with that I can't see past Barcelona. I also think Chelsea will get smashed by Barcelona. Um, I think just it's Eto, Messi, and Henri. They've all hit form all at the right time. And Ooh, um, that's, the, the, the only team that can stop. That's a tough statement them. to make. Yeah, You're going to get smashed. <laughs> I'll tell you team, something, Trevor. You won't be able to go back to Stamford Bridge. Well, I, I think Barcelona <laughs> score at least three against Chelsea at the Nou Camp. So wow. there's no way they'll, they'll get past. The only team that can stop them 
is Man U in the final? I, I very nearly, I was talking about this before, I, I very nearly put some money on Chelsea 10 days ago when Chelsea were something like 35 to 1 to win mm. the Premier League and still, you know, I outside us to win the, the, the Champions League and I, I thought it wasn't a bad double. Um, because you know SEN coming back has just made such a massive difference to Chelsea um, obviously the mm. other night they were without John Terry which I think does make a difference to them so I'd, I'd still tip Chelsea to, to, to over the two legs to have enough I, th- I think Petr Cech's got to play a hell of a lot better than he did I mean he was flapping around like a penguin that had been dropped on his head as a baby actually it, it's, really it's interesting Trevor that you bring that up because if you look at the goalkeepers the uh, four goalkeepers like okay uh, Almuni was out for Arsenal but you watch the other goalkeepers and even Van der Sar they were, they were flying out of the goals and catching fistfuls of flesh air they weren't getting anything you know they were coming out for crosses and not getting them so the goalkeepers are going to play a vital part in, in the uh, final of the uh, destination of European Cup yeah I'd agree with that I don't think you can overestimate Rio Ferdinand coming back for Man United mm. I think that they look a different team when he's there and uh, you know you look at the, the the clean sheet record that Man United kind of claimed this year with Van der Sar in goal um, he looked a different man when Ferdinand wasn't there and uh, I think he could be a key to Man United doing well in the Champions All right, League you're bringing up an interesting point is there one player in each team that has to play about 110% for them to win pick out one in Chelsea one in in Barcelona you of course Paul would go for Messi straight away wouldn't you yeah. he has to be on top of his form if you can mark him out of the game can you beat Barcelona uh, yeah I think you can I think for me that generally the players that need to play well are the, the, the players in the centre of midfield because that is so mm-hmm. important you know the Messi playing well is no good if he can't get the ball yeah, right. you know, so it's players like Iniesta, it's players like SEN for Chelsea, Gerrard for Liverpool. Um, interestingly, for, you know, Ferguson resisted the temptation to to leave people like Carrick out today, which which was was talked about whether he would sacrifice Carrick for a bit more mobility in midfield. Someone like Park and Fletcher who cover a lot more ground, but he didn't. He went with Carrick, and and they you know they kept the ball. The ball retention was much better. So I think I think that that's where Premier League games and European games are won and lost is just in that that midfield controller. And I think if if they get on top. They win the game. I have a funny feeling Trevor doesn't want to talk about Arsenal, do you? <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to talk about the Gunners. I don't mind talking about Arsenal at all. They did look, you know, pretty decent um, during that Villarreal game, but Villarreal did have a lot of players missing, and I think um, playing Manu is going to be a totally different game for them. Uh, Walcott back, firing in on all cylinders. Is he the one that can turn it for the Gunners? I think Fabregas coming back is yeah. even more important because he's easily their best player but the way he linked up was it Fabregas who linked up with Walcott for the first goal a yeah, little flip yeah, through yeah. yeah I mean their play, those are two players Arsenal haven't had for the majority of the season so the thing is um, people are saying it's a disappointing season for Arsenal which you know probably is but they're going to get that top four slot they're still in the FA Cup semis they're in the Champions League semis they could still you know win something major this season alright before we leave uh, European Cup one word from uh, each of you who you think is going to win the European Cup what we call the European Cup the European Champions Cup one word select Uh, Barcelona Paul Barcelona Andy I'm going to go Chelsea (laughs) (laughs) we'll take a break here (laughs) 
Attention all sporting memorabilia collectors. If you're looking for top quality, authentic memorabilia to add to your collection or as a personal or corporate gift, memorabiliaonline.com.au is your answer. Be it cricket, Aussie rules, legal union, horse racing, boxing, motorsports, in fact, most popular sports. Go to memorabiliaonline.com.au and have a browse around. All products are guaranteed authentic with prices to suit all budgets. Memorabiliaonline.com.au Your new home of sport online. Sport247.com.au Log on to sport247.com.au for live commentary of your favourite sports. Golf, cricket, football, basketball. It's all here. All the latest sports news, views and interviews. And you can have your say as well. Sport247.com.au It's Sport 24-7. Need we say more? Visit sport247.com.au Welcome back to the Insider 442 group of editors looking at the stories that you will read about in the next magazine. Okay, there's, there's a story about the War of the Roses, which we all know takes place in England. But there's now a war in Queensland. Is that going to be as popular, Andy, as the War of the Roses? Uh, I'm not sure it'll be, it'll be that. There's not really the history yet behind that. But certainly, um, you know, Queensland's going to have its own derbies this year, which I think will be great. You know, they're, they're, certainly Queensland Raw are talking about the potential of a 40,000 crowd when they play the Gold Coast, which would be fantastic. Um, I think the Gold Coast will get good crowds. And then we've got North Queensland. You know, Don Matheson's come out this week saying that he thinks that uh, Clive Palmer should, uh, should button his lip a little bit in terms of his predictions but I, I, I disagree I think you know, he's got a job to do on the Gold Coast just as, just as Fury have got in North Queensland they've got a seller football team you know and mm. Clive Palmer's gone out and said it's, you know, it's their objective to, to go through the season unbeaten but he, is, is it he, realistic? probably not but he's not going to go out there and say they want to lose every game so I think you know, it's, draw, it's drawing attention to the club it's drumming up press you know, there's a lot of talk about yeah, the AFL going there they're in a competitive market and they have to you know they have to secure column inches in newspapers and websites and, and that's one way of doing it so I think he knows exactly what he's doing and, and behind the scenes are they talking like that? Mm. I don't think they are but I think it, it's definitely a PR strategy Yeah but I, I'll tell you one of the things that, that, that worries me and concerns me about the A-League is that every time they're talking about the Gold Coast or Mr Palmer they talk about his money and Paul they did the same thing with Sydney FC and you remember this Andy when they started to talk about Frank Lowy and the money that was going to be put into Sydney and it didn't but seem to get there. But with the salary cap, there's only so much money they can put in Correct. apart from the marquee player, you know, yeah. and so they've, they've named their marquee player now. It's Jason Kalina. Um, yeah, you know, the, his money will count for Gold Coast in other ways, as Trev found out when he went up mm. there, you know, with his private plane and ferrying the players around and the facilities that they'll get and, and that's fantastic. It means that his money can have an effect but, but with regards to money coming in and transforming a football club, we can't do that here because yeah, right. of the salary cap. You know. Trevor, what was it like going up there? It was really, really good. As you can imagine, it was pretty over the top. I mean, they've got their own pilot who's got his own office within, you know, the Gold Coast offices. So you've got all the, you know, the, the manager and the media guy and then the pilot who basically just sits there waiting until Clive decides he wants to go here or there and planning journeys and stuff. So it's well, not that bad again. But do a <laughs> Tell us about Clive himself. What, what's he like? Is he, is he a shy guy or is he does he come forward and sort of talk? He's a really nice guy. And going back to that undefeated comment, 
obviously I asked him about it when I was there and the point he was making was that it's possible and it is physically possible to go for a season so he's one of those guys that if it's possible to do it then I want to go and do it and that's probably why he's a billionaire that's probably why he's successful so he was going to have that approach when he runs a football club too yeah but Paul that's putting enormous pressure on the coach and the players immediately isn't it yeah I think so I mean I think the only result will be the result out on the pitch exactly I think the big X factor in um, in the whole equation is Miron the coach mm. can he prove that he can take a team packed full of stars he, he, he did a, a decent job at Queensland Raw but um, you know still unproven I mean the, the Queensland have uh, enjoyed some success afterwards with Frank mm. Farina but they didn't really do much under Miron so I think the, the, the big X factor in all of this is, is how Miron takes this team of uh, so called stars and puts them into a cohesive unit that can go out and, and win games over teams that have been playing for, for four, four years now. You see, one of the things that frightens me a little bit, Trevor, and, and, and you were there, you met the guy, is, you know, I can see a sort of a Chelsea type of attitude here. Like, we have uh, Roman Abramovich going into Chelsea, and let's be honest about it, since Abramovich went into Chelsea and he brought in Jose, okay, they had success for a little while, but then it all turned sour a little bit, and that's what I'd be afraid of, that would happen with Palmer. I don't know if these guys get bored of it to a certain extent. You know, they they, they do it as almost like a folly. They've got all the money yeah. and they invest and they, you know, they win these things. But I mean, how much is it a long-term investment? You know, as Vramovic perhaps mm. got over it a little bit and he wants to go and do something else now. I don't know. Maybe Palmer will have a similar approach, you know, further down the line. He might want to, you know, do an AFL team or something like that. I honestly don't know, but... Can you remember other guys coming in with a lot of money, Paul? And, and like it has happened in, in, in British football, it's happened in, in Spanish football, and of course it happened in, in Italy as well, but that all went sour as well. It went belly up. But I think people think of it in short term. I mean, I think all Chelsea fans will turn around and say they'll be completely happy with what happened, you know, with Abramovich coming in. You know, two titles after such a long, you know, long barren period where they yeah, didn't win anything. But sorry to interrupt, but Andy, like how many managers have had they have they had in, in what, four or five years? How many, four managers? Yeah, but I, I think as well, I think it's a bit of a misconception there that a lot of people think that the Chelsea sort of revolution started with Abramovich. It didn't. It started quite a way before that with like Matthew Hart. Yeah, um, you know, bringing in people like Hullet and Viali, and that that was pre-Abramovich, you know. So I think the clubs will stay, you know, as long as that the behind that is a pretty solid football club. Um, you know, Chelsea's still up there. We're just talking about them potentially. Yeah. Be, you know, they're in the final four of the Champions League. They were one penalty away from winning it last year. So I'd, I'd hardly say that, you know that the bubbles burst at Chelsea. Far from it. I think what's interesting is that there's other money coming into the game. So, so you know, Manchester City are going to be fighting for them for the major signatures, which actually makes things more competitive. Yeah, but one of the things I can see happening with the A League is that if, for instance, Clive Palmer is a success up there, then the other teams are all going to make uh, excuses and saying well he has a whole lot of money and he's able to but he can only spend he, the same amount exactly. of money that, that Sydney FC can the yep. salary cap and that's where the salary cap is is, is a good introduction for, for a growing league yep. and for a young league is that it stops that happening it stops someone like Clive Palmer coming in paying silly money playing fantasy football and, and creating a squad that no one can compete with mm. and then getting bored you know so the, the, the salary cap makes sure that, that no team can spend more apart from on one player you know, so I think I think that I think that's where the salary cap does cut does have its benefit. But the lifestyle 
is very, very different from, we say, cold Melbourne in the winter or um, pretty autumn sort of days in, in Sydney. Uh, you know, the pretty sunshine up there and the golden beaches and all of that they have, that's a different lifestyle altogether. I, I wonder if that could have a negative effect. If they've signed all these young lads on a decent amount of money, <laughs> some of the best nightlife in Australia on the doorstep, yeah. I don't know, there could be a few hangovers. <laughs> You're, you're sort of going across the barrier, you know. That happens to rugby league yeah, players he, he in Australia. You could, could be, you could be playing for Hamilton Academicals. You know, <laughs> so, you know I think, I think Melbourne is only uh, sort of slightly under par in terms of the climate state. Do you have any concerns about these uh, new sites coming in, Paul? No, I think it's great. I think, um, you know, to be honest, last season was pretty uninspiring from my point of view. Same teams, same players, same tactics, same scorelines, and um, I think that there's, it's a breath of fresh air to see uh, two new teams come in, new players, um, more personalities. I think it's great that uh, Don Matheson and Clive Palmer are already starting up a rivalry. And uh, now I'm, uh, you know, in, in the first time in a while, I'm getting, you know, revved up about the new season happening this if year. I, yeah, I mean, if I was Don Matheson, I'd, I'd be concerned about their squad list than anyone else's. I mean, looking down it, it's, you know. Who are they? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, but Robbie Fowler aside, you know, mm. their squad list contains, you know, a, a squad of pretty much fringe players from seasons two, three and four from other A-League teams and I'm, yeah. I'm very concerned about Fury if Fowler doesn't fire or you know, yeah. if he you know, if he gets injured let's hope he doesn't you know mm. that, that, their, their list is pretty uninspiring at the moment having one egg in a basket yeah, yeah. it's not it's but not. at least they don't need to worry about the Gold Coast boys like going out all the time because they're not going to get too occupied in no, Townsville just, going just out just at home sweating yeah. <laughs> in Townsville yeah, they'll be pretty hot up there but I suppose the one thing that they have to do is to break the barrier with a sort of a rugby league uh, fraternity up there. They've got to get this new sport across to the people up there. Can they do it? Can they achieve that? Yeah, I, I think they can. I, I sort of get the impression that, that you know, Townsville and those areas, not dissimilar to Melbourne in that they love their sport. You know, and so yep. it's, it's having a, a team to support that's a local team that they can get behind and obviously you know the, the season doesn't really overlap with the rugby league season so I guess they, they, their hope would be that they can transfer that crowd over you know mm. and the support that they get for the rugby league will transfer to um, to the football side yeah but why was there a drop off in the attendances last year then in the A-League Paul oh look I, I think maybe there was that feeling that I just expressed that people were just like you know overseeing their teams playing the same old uh, sides over and over again and there wasn't that kind of wow factor there wasn't a kind of uh, many marquee players right. um, I don't think the standard of football went down I think the standard of football is progressing but, but, each year but you go out you know as the editor-in-chief of 442 you go out and you talk to the guys the supporters the people what, what, what was their reaction do you feel that there was the kind of apathy towards the season? I think there was a bit. I, I, I think you know certainly, you know the, the the level of support and the strength of support is is directly linked to the success on the pitch. Yeah, right. You know, and and Sydney FC for for large parts of last season didn't play good football. You know, even when they were winning, it wasn't particularly great to watch. Um, you know, much has been written about John Aloisi's performance or non-performance, but, you know, I, I thought the guy got a pretty hard time. Yeah. Um, but he's still going to deliver, you know. Um, so I think, you know, Sydney SC is going to be very interesting this year with, the, with an overseas coach. it be interesting to see what ideas he brings in. 
Um, you know, certainly the, the A-League to date has sort of fished in a pretty small pond from, from a coaching fraternity. So it'd be very interesting to see the ideas and experience that an overseas coach will bring to the A-League um, to see what, what, what he can bring out. Obviously, he's bringing a, you know, a, a player of his own in from Sparta Prague, which again, will be interesting. Um, Alois is still there. Cosmina's yep. not. So we'll see. Can exactly. another coach get the best out of John Alois? I, I, I think the A-League needs a successful Sydney FC, love them or hate them because I think when they're playing well then their crowd figures are up but Mm. you know when they're playing well and they're going to other teams then other teams want you know want to come and see a good Sydney side they want to be a Sydney side top of the table Mm. and even clubs that hate them would probably admit that they'd like that competition All right, good to finish on that point Andy because I can see the oranges are uh, getting ready half time whistle is going to go it's half time in our discussion inside 442. We'll take a break and at halftime, fellas, I want to chat to you about some of the, the crazy things that happen inside our game. Attention all sporting memorabilia collectors. If you're looking for top quality, authentic memorabilia to add to your collection or as a personal or corporate gift, memorabiliaonline.com.au is your answer. Be it cricket, Aussie rules, legal union, horse racing, boxing, motorsports, in fact, most popular sports. Go to memorabiliaonline.com.au and have a browse around. All products are guaranteed authentic with prices to suit all budgets. Memorabiliaonline.com.au Your new home of sport online. Sport247.com.au Log on to sport247.com.au for live commentary of your favourite sports. Golf, cricket, football, basketball. It's all here. All the latest sports news, views and interviews. And you can have your say as well. Sport247.com.au It's Sport 24-7. Need we say more? Visit sport247.com.au Too much noise in the uh, dressing sheds at halftime. Paul, the oranges are being given out. But there's a lot of funny things going on in football. We must talk about some of those. Yeah, one one thing that I found uh, uh, relatively funny, or funny in inverted commas, is... uh, Arsene Wenger, the uh, serial moaner of the Premier League, uh, coming out and uh, um, reacting bitterly to no Arsenal players being uh, shortlisted for either Player of the Year or Young Player of the Year. Mm. Um, He he says, you know, none of my players, uh, all the players who've been rewarded are players who played well until February. And he's saying that his players have played really (laughs) well in, uh, you know, March and April time. And and then goes on to contradict himself a little bit later on saying, uh, we're in a team sport and I'm not too interested in singling out any players. Uh, So (laughs) he's he's 10 minute rant, he then contradicted right at the end, which- Yeah, but- uh, but, uh, Who's he he suggesting should win it? Uh, well, exactly. Out of the Arsenal team, who's played well enough or played even enough games? In the Arsenal side, maybe he wasn't just talking about Arsenal. I think actually sometimes Arsene Wenger, Rafa Benitez uh, start to say things because they only want to wind up Seralic. That's what I just think, that they're just doing it to wind each other up. So, do you think this was a wind up ball? No, I think he's just a bitter old man. <laughs> so, if, you, if you ask him who, you. who won it the day after, he'd probably say he couldn't see it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't well, see that. What about you, Trevor? What, what, what grabbed your attention? Yeah, there was a game in Brazil. There's this Brazilian derby between two teams. I'm instantly regretting picking this story because I've got to pronounce these names now. Um, Juventus and Cachas. 
and there's been a lot of trouble between the fans so they've done a kind of campaign to promote peace between the fans before the game and during the game there was three players sent off and both coaches campaign went well then yeah. <laughs> three players and both coaches yeah. sent off and right? the most amaz- uh, amazing part was the catcher's coach who's called um, Argel Fuchs and I've censored that slightly he is spelt the worst way possible um, <laughs> <laughs> he was sent off after an angry exchange with the fourth official but there was a really famous um, headline on him I think he went to Benfica once and it was um, Fuchs off to Benfica uh, <laughs> <laughs> we would have had a feeling right. that but yeah. you have changed the spelling of it you've left out it is spelled yeah. the worst way possible and I don't want to offend anyone so Folks, yeah. Exactly. Well, I, I know about a little bit about uh, writing for uh, newspapers because I covered a World Cup game one time and I was describing to a copy taker, um, you know, when you're talking from a foreign country down the line to a copy taker, as all you guys have done, and I actually explained to them what happened. And when uh, the paper came out the next day, it had changed the word shot. It had changed the word, the letter O to an I, and it said it hit the crossbar. So, <laughs> <laughs> I think I wrote that Clive Palmer was a, a miming billionaire recently. So, <laughs> miming, yeah, huh? I'm not sure how much Jacques money's Tate. in that. <laughs> Translates well to radio. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Andy? Have um, you found some just funny the, I, I, I was on the uh, the Sun website this morning and. and piece that made me chuckle there was they were they were tracking the Chelsea players night out after they uh, they knocked Liverpool out and uh, there were two or three groups of Chelsea players out and about on the town apparently Frank Lampard was out until 5am obviously mm. the newly uh, the newly single Frank Lampard and, and the interesting angle to this story was that allegedly John Terry who's Frank Lampard's best mate was uh, seen having dinner with Frank Lampard's ex so it'd be interesting to see the uh, the conversation at training the following day when uh, they've both read the sun and uh, so like, what are you doing take my ex-missus out so uh, so yeah so that's quite interesting that the Chelsea boys didn't hold back from uh, from celebrating their win against Liverpool I, I would suggest Paul that John Terry was trying to uh, soft talk the lady to go back to Frank maybe way. maybe he's playing mediator yeah, yeah, yeah. he might be playing she, the mediator she's got bad taste hasn't she uh-huh. <laughs> maybe Frank she Lampard should go for Steven Gerrard who's a teensy wincy bit better than um, uh, <laughs> Frank Lampard so maybe, maybe that's uh, maybe he was just distracting her so that his mom could come and nick her purse <laughs> <laughs> oh that's below the belt that's below the belt <laughs> Let's continue our discussion on um, football. Let's go back to the A-League because we just, uh, we just covered uh, one or two teams. We mentioned about the new teams coming in in Queensland and we mentioned uh, Sydney FC a little bit. But there's a whole lot of other teams to consider, Paul. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Um, you know, a lot of teams vying for uh, the playoff positions next season. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of teams still playing in the Asian Champions League, although yeah. not that well. Yeah, correct. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, again, it's really open uh, this season. Uh, you know, recruiting's going on, pre-season mm-hmm. training's just starting. You know, a lot of teams are trying to, you know, add some finishing touches and, you know, talks of Brazilians coming into the league and uh, Aurelio Vidmar looking to kind of add a, a bit of quality quality to his side to go one step better so yeah look across the board I think it's uh, it's a key time in the season although there's no games going on what what the teams are doing now 
now is going to be what stands them in good stead for the for the whole campaign. Mm. Do, do you think this this is a good idea to bring bring Brazilians into our football? They're supposed to be quite good at football, so there's no real harm. I mean, it's a bit hit and miss. I mean, the three that they've signed at the Gold Coast, um, I talked to Miran Blubber when I was there, and he, obviously he rates them really highly because he signed them. But the problem might be, I mean, they don't speak a word of English. They're young lads who've got to right. settle in a new country. You know, that's going to be the uphill battle for them. They seem to be a bit like buses as well. They always come in twos and threes. Right. So like you very rarely get one on their own. You know, we've had, we had the, sort of the, the three amigos at Melbourne, of which <laughs> one turned out to be yeah, useless, right. one turned out to be okay, and one turned out to be brilliant. You know, so mm. it'd be interesting to see. And, and I think that's generally because they tend to come through agents in groups, and the agent sort of says, well, you need to take, take two or three if you're yeah. going to get the good one. Um, so, so it'd be interesting to see uh, how they've done. Obviously, the big not necessarily South American but Central American is Hernandez and the will he won't he be at Melbourne next year doesn't seem to be resolved yeah. yet although there's, there's talk that they they're very close to re-signing him and potentially I mean I've read on some of the forums that they're even talking about him being loaned out to LA Galaxy for, mm. for the MLS season until right. the A-League starts so whether there's any truth in that I don't know where do, where do Newcastle go they, you know here they were at the top of the league one, one season and stone motherly last the next where do they start to rebuild Paul? Well, uh, it's a good question. It's probably one of the biggest questions for you know for all the teams in the A League this mm. year. Um, and, and one thing that we discussed was how this Asian Champions League campaign will have an effect on the Jets and also the Mariners. But you know, mm. um, they they don't seem to have a team that they're happy with, or you know, they're not playing very well. And and I could see them this this period being quite key to to pushing on and doing well in the in the A-League mm. um, you know Gary Van Egmond's got a, a big uphill struggle and you look at the, the drain of talent that they that they lost after mm. um, this season with Jade North and, and Griffiths going I never get the, the twins I always get mixed up so I'm not even going to bother trying yep. it's Ryan or, I'm, about, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm more worried about Joel uh, and Adam yeah that's it I'm more worried about Adelaide I'm yeah, just I was going to was gonna <laughs> mention that Trevor, just yeah. looking at Andy's notes um, they've obviously <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> spent many, many an hour <laughs> they've lost obviously um, some decent players but I was looking at that did not read that no it's bad Ryan um, but I was looking at the players they've bought in and the three that they sent the release the other day was former Irish based attacking midfield Adam Hughes oh, that's a big pull there Michael Moroni who's been promoted from the youth team and Ian Fife from Sydney FC so they've lost mm. all these players and the three players they've signed are not exactly going to get you Going. I don't know if they've got bored of constantly being second in every competition they're in and now they're not even going to attempt to make the final two but a bit worried about them you know the team that I worry about and I worried about them for the last two seasons are Perth you know nobody seems to know what's going on over in the west and you you know there's a lot of uh, South Africans over there there's a lot of uh, British players and British people over there that would support the team but the, the supporters dropped off and the team have been basically terrible and I even though he's a friend Mitch um, he struggled last season with them and yeah, that, and they're a worry. I mean, they're a sleeping giant. I mean, you look at the history that they've had um, mm. over the years in the NSL, and yeah. you know, just 
you could see it really kicking off, as you said, with the mm. with the expats over there, and uh, yeah. if they can find the right mix. But the, you know, it's just they're losing a lot of players to the bigger clubs. Um, obviously, they're quite isolated over there, I think. And you know, with Rukovitsia going over to to Holland, mm. um, and and a lot of their other players, you know, just they they can't seem to keep a core. Um, of, of playing staff there to go on any kind of run and uh, yeah it, it, it's quite worrying and you, you wonder how long the powers that be persist in, in, in keeping Perth going but they should have a bit of money they've got a bit of money from their Rukovica sale so yeah. if they can use that towards getting a decent marquee player then I don't know maybe that might help them out yeah, it's, it's, it'll be a very, very interesting season. This season will be a very interesting one with the new teams coming in and the teams that are there. And, and I have to be honest about it and say that I, I don't know about all you guys in, in 442, but from an outsider, I just think that some of them haven't even set their own foundations yet. They, they have gone from one sort of struggle to the next struggle to the next struggle. Um, getting people uh, bums on seats to see their games. But what I think is what I think is good about the A League is that no matter how many people seem to go, um, it, it's been very good in finding or unearthing mm. other great players. You know the talent is out yeah. there, and when you think that you know we haven't even scratched the surface on Asian players coming over to play in the A League. You know there's been an obsession of Brazilians and Central yeah. Americans. Um, you know what I always find fantastic is that you know we're always unearthing gems you know Carlos Hernandez yeah. um, Fred you know there's always people who seem to step up and step in mm. and uh, you know take the league by the scruff of the neck so um, you know I think from that sense you know we do a fantastic job on scouting and getting people over so um, it's still early doors there's still a lot of uh, recruiting to go and uh, you know the teams are you know just early doors in training so you know I think it's uh, I think it's a positive time all right We'll take a short break here. We'll come back to discuss more of the inside of 442, the world's best football magazine. Attention all sporting memorabilia collectors. If you're looking for top quality, authentic memorabilia to add to your collection or as a personal or corporate gift, memorabiliaonline.com.au is your answer. Be it cricket, Aussie rules, legal union, horse racing, boxing, motorsports. In fact, most popular sports. Go to memorabiliaonline.com.au and have a browse around. All products are guaranteed authentic with prices to suit all budgets. Memorabiliaonline.com.au Your new home of sport online. Sport247.com.au Log on to sport247.com.au for live commentary of your favourite sports. Golf, cricket, football, basketball. It's all here. All the latest sports news, views and interviews. And you can have your say as well. Sport247.com.au you it's sport 24 7 need we say more visit sport 24 7.com.au Welcome back to Inside 442 Magazine, the greatest football magazine that you can go to your newsagent this weekend and buy, and it'll give you all of the stories, the inside stories, on everything that is happening within the sport. I'm inside uh, 442 because I'm in the offices with the people who put the magazine together, the uh, man who publishes the magazine, Andy, and beside me, Paul, 
the editor-in-chief and Trevor, the deputy editor, and we're chewing the cud. Um, can we take a look? We, we, we've talked about the, the European uh, games. Can we take a look at the Premier League this weekend? Because it's coming down to vital, a vital part of the season. What, there's six or seven games left? Yeah, obviously the glamour ties at... Um is at Villa Park, Villa West Ham. I think everyone would agree that. Paul, should we leave now? Oh, yeah, I think we'll let them <laughs> talk think, about uh, it for a while. Go on, fellas. The two of you have a go because you're a West Ham supporter, Trevor. And Big time. Andy, no, Andy comes from up near the Bull Ring in Birmingham. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, in the Bull Ring. In the Bull Ring, yeah. Um, okay, I mean, yeah. Obviously, Villa need to remember how to win again. We haven't won since the first week of February, which is so two months. So what's happened? Oh, I, I think the, the the big hit for us was losing Martin Larson, the centre half. He's out for the. He's out for the season. They've come out and said, and, and to be honest, it wouldn't surprise me if he was out for good. Uh, he struggled with his knees really badly. He missed the whole season two or three years ago, and then came back and then went on a run where he didn't miss a game. But he's, he's got chronic knee problems, which we're familiar with people like Paul McGrath, who played for six years with chronic knee problems. But his loss was de- was massive, and but, I think John Carew as well. But that, know, surprises, that surprises me a little bit, Andy, because Martin O'Neill is not the type of manager that would, would not have a backup. You're saying well, one man made backups, a difference. So I just don't think they're good enough. Um, you know, his backups are, you know, well, backups Curtis Davis that he signed from West Brom for eight, nine million, who's a young guy still learning, yeah. but, but he's prone to the odd mistake um, and massive losses of confidence. You know, he seems to be very much a confidence player, which, right. and when Martin Larson was playing alongside him, I think that gave him that confidence. Yeah. Um, Zach Knight is one of those infuriating players who can play fantastically well for 80 minutes and then just has a brain explosion and gives away a goal and he's one of those players I think he's he's from the sort of tightest bramble mode that I think every mistake he seems to make ends in a goal and so that's all you remember him for you forget the the 80 minutes he's played well so I think defensively we've struggled with shipping goals at about two and a half goals a game at the moment in the last 10 games which isn't going to get you where you need to get Can um, you, can West Ham uh, Trevor get a victory at uh, Villa Park it used to be a yeah, fortress I'll take two and a half goals there um, <laughs> Who's going to score them? <laughs> Who's going to get the half Me yeah. Paul isn't it great to watch the two of them battle it out I, isn't I, it As soon oh, as Andy came in there with some stats eight. I saw oh, yeah. Trevor's eyes oh, yeah. light up yeah. I do like a stat yeah well, look, we're still in the uh, in the chase for well, what's going to be the new UEFA Cup next year the Europa League if we finish 7th and providing one of the big four make the FA Cup final that would be good enough for Europe but we've got a really really hard run in well after this week we've got a really really hard run in um, and we've got a lot of injuries as well so I wouldn't like to say, what are you predicting Andy? Uh, I'm going to go as winning I think I think 2-0 Villa do John you, Carew do you, do you want to bet? 20 yeah, bucks? done could I have to have the draw though? If it's a draw, oh. you give me 20. We're away from home. No, the two of them are having a bet, Paul, and they haven't got any 20, money between the two of them. All right, let's take a look at the next game. Middlesbrough and Fulham. Fulham seem to have escaped all of the problems. Middlesbrough in dire trouble. Paul? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, the, the, the storyline for, for the Aussies is obviously um, Mark Schwarzer going back mm. to his old stomping ground, yep. um, playing up in Middlesbrough for the, for the first time, I believe. And uh, I'm sure he'll be uh, excited about that and we'll get a good reception from the Borough fans because he was a great servant yep. to the team for so long. And, and Fulham are pushing on a European spot. You know, they're, they're one of the teams in the mix and... Uh, 
Borough, you know, they're in a lot of trouble, but I just think that there's too many teams below them that, um, you know, have less quality than them. And I think probably, and that's saying something if you use the word quality in Middlesbrough mm. in the same sentence, but um, I, I think that they'll probably be okay. And, and maybe this game will be the one that can just catapult them into a safe position. It would be interesting, actually, to have a look at Newcastle and Sunderland because it would be dreadful. We, we, we all agree, I think, that West Brom are gone. Mm. But, yeah. like, two teams from the northeast of England could go. I think it'd be fantastic. I'm all for it as well. I absolutely I'd love to see Newcastle go down. Absolutely. I think wow. it would be a really good opportunity for them to prove whether they are, in fact, the best fans in the world, whether they would still turn up in their numbers when they're in the second division. It's, so. it's amazing how depressing these fixtures look when you take the top four of them, isn't it? You've got Portsmouth, Bolton, Stoke, Blackburn, Sunderland, Hull. I mean, it's all about the bottom of the table, but I think mm. it's who's going to be. I think I mean, the thing with Middlesbrough, I think Middlesbrough are one of those clubs that, that you look at and you think, if they go down, could they be one of those clubs that never come, come back? back. And yeah. I think certainly. Like I think Newcastle will, will always you know, generate the, the money to come back. Um, but Middlesbrough are one of those clubs that you, you sort of worry with. Have they got the resources to why, come back? Why are you delighted if Newcastle go down? Oh, I just, I, I, I really don't like them. <laughs> I just, I've got something against them. I just, they're, they're just like they're too blinkered. They're crazy. That you know the the, the Geordie fans. You know, like yeah. the owner told them that they were being ripped off when they have any kits he sold them, and they all come back for more. And you know the the whole kind of Geordie Messiah thing with Shearer and Keegan. It's just. Uh, well, they got to play Tottenham this weekend. How can they yeah, go? Well, maybe that's three points that they'll get. You know, like the way uh, Tottenham are doing well at the moment. So I think that'll be a tough one. But uh, you know, like there's a couple of games. You know, Blackburn talking about teams that could mm. go down and uh, never be seen again. You know, that that that's a worry for for Blackburn and Stoke are playing very well at home. Mm. Um, yeah, Sunderland and Hull. You know, Hull could if Hull can just kind of keep their fingers in the league and you know then. Yeah. You know, if they go down, I don't think they'll ever come up again. I actually, I was actually working out last night, um, Sunderland. Um, Sunderland need to win this game. They need to beat Hull yeah. because they got to play Chelsea in the last round. And if Chelsea are still in there, um, okay, they might be concentrating on, on the European Cup final three or four days later. But if uh, Chelsea are not in the uh, European Cup and they get knocked out, then they'll be they'll be trying to finish maybe over the top of Liverpool because I still think Manchester United will win the league by two points that's how I calculated it out yeah. but I just think that Sunderland have to beat Hull otherwise they could be the side that would go despite what you may think Mr Paul that you want Newcastle to go I think it could end up being one of those final days where there's, there's three or four teams that could go down I think you know there's only six points that separate 13th and 19th you know so you, you've got to think that maybe you know, Bolton on 37 points, one more win would see them safe. But then really, Stoke, Portsmouth, Hull, Blackburn, Sunderland, Newcastle, Middlesbrough could still all go down quite easily. Yeah, Liverpool and Arsenal, that's a cracker of a game. Yeah, well, Arsenal, you know, Arsenal have... Um, Arsenal will have a major say in who wins the league simply because they've got to play the other three teams. Yeah. So, and similarly, you know, with my completely biased hat on, you know, Arsenal could quite easily lose those three games. They could very easily lose mm. to Man United, Liverpool and Chelsea, which opens the door again 
if Villa can win three games, to, to <laughs> the, the, the race for fourth can still be back on. Obviously, I'm clutching at straws, but I think Arsenal are going to play a major role in this. And, and it, the, on the contrary, if Arsenal win all those three games, does that put Arsenal back in the in the race for a late run at the title? Exactly. Pilot's laughing his head off. Um, yeah, it's just uh, you know that we're meant to be uh, completely unbiased in this thing, but uh, it's, it's kind of. I mean, it's worth noting also that this is a shortened uh, schedule this weekend because of the FA Cup. There's two mm. massive games going on there Chelsea, Arsenal Everton, yep. Man United yep. so um, you know they're, they're going to be big games in their own right and uh, you know Alright who's going to win those two then? Oh, always put me on the spot I think yeah. uh, I think it will be Chelsea versus Man U I think Chelsea yeah I think Man United will probably have a little, little bit too much for Everton um, in, in the game and look I mean you, you you could picking at straws really between Chelsea and Arsenal you know I, I think maybe Chelsea will just have it I think maybe the hitting factor do, do you not think that the Arsenal might have a bit of an Indian sign over Chelsea possibly yeah I mean I, I think that you know if they if they can get an early goal and, and play keep ball I think the problem with Arsenal is is if they're forced into trying to score goals they're they're not so good at that but I think that you know if, if they can if they can get an early goal or they and they can control and dictate the game which they're very good at doing then then they can go through but I'm never going to pick Arsenal to win anything so um, Chelsea. I quite fancy controversially an Arsenal-Everton final. And the reason I say that is because Everton-Man U in the semi, one thing Man U have proven over the years is that the FA Cup is bottom of their priorities when it comes to winning the title and winning in Europe as well. I mean, they withdrew, was it in 2000 or 99 to go and play in Brazil? So I think, you know, coming off the back of that uh, Porto game, Everton, this is the most important game of their season. I think possibly Tim Kay on Everton might sneak through and meet Arsenal in the final. Andy, yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree that it's it, that it, it's probably the least of their, their the three main priorities. But I still think that the, the quality of Man United's reserves, you know, they they don't play Giggs, they play Skulls, they don't play Berbatov, they play Tevez. I still think they'll they're gonna you know they're gonna have enough to to beat Everton, um, Chelsea, Arsenal. I think it, I, I can certainly see that going to penalties. All right, the, ni the 90 minutes is up, but we do have some uh, extra time. One to, uh, there's a story that, um, that you mentioned, uh, Paul, early on. Tim Kales talking about playing until he's 34 years of age. How, do you think he can do that, first of all, in, in, the, in the, uh, the game that we have today? I suppose you can look at it in a, you know, football years are like dog years. Is how many years has he actually played? Mm. He's been injured for quite, yeah. a, a, you know, a substantial amount over the last uh, three years or so. And, uh, you know, maybe he's got a lot more football in, in him at the back end. And, you know, you, you could possibly see him... Um, moving into a different role as he gets older he's obviously this kind of rampaging midfielder who pops up in the box at the right time and uh, you know has a knack for scoring a goal mm. maybe you know when he gets mid-30s he changes his game and becomes a different kind of player that, that would give him a lease of life that would allow him to play that long I mean not many players in an outfield sense have, have played till that 
long at a high level. The only one I can think of is uh, Lothar Matthias for uh, Germany. He Maldini, Paolo Maldini yeah, still yeah. playing. Yeah, yeah, was he? Was he in uh, Alessandro Del Piero is still playing, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah. Gigs, Del Piero. Yeah. Gigs, Gigs is still playing. Seven. So it is possible, but um, you know, you just think. I suppose the other side of that argument is the wear and tear on his body and the amount of injuries he's had. Um, you know, could see him. You know, not being able to perform at that level. But you know, like if he's playing forty years old and he's playing in the A League, then mm. I'm sure that he'll, he'll still have some quality to uh, provide the fans with some excitement. Trevor, there's no way Tim Cahill will be playing football at 40 at the top level. I mean, he's injured so often, and I mean, maybe you know, maybe in the A League. I mean, certainly Brazil in uh, 2014. Because how old would he be then? About 30, 34. 34. Yeah, I mean, that's possible. But the thing is about Tim and love Tim but he's almost like a lapdog he's so over enthusiastic in his interviews and saying he wants to do this and that which is great but there's no way he's going to be playing at 40 I'm afraid Andy you can remember a couple of goalkeepers that uh, stayed on a long time can't you oh god yeah I mean the, the goalies tend to be they don't, they don't even mature to the 34 <laughs> don't do a lot though do they no. <laughs> oh, speak for yourself um, yeah I mean yeah, the goalkeepers like the likes of Dino Zoff and Peter Shilton and John Burridge and people yeah. like that but again tends to be the players from yesteryear I mean even goalkeepers these days are coming through at you know 22 23 whereas it used to be sort of late 20s so but uh, but yeah I mean Tim Cale certainly uh, the Socceroos will need Tim Cale firing for as long as he's physically possible um, because you know you, you take him out of that side and you don't see an awful lot of goals coming from midfield without him there so. alright well we just hope that uh, they'll all keep going and uh, all of you guys will keep going until next week at least that's the publishing director Andy Jackson the editor in chief Paul Hansford and the deputy editor Trevor Trahane and we are here inside 442.